Hi, I'm Manolo Morales, a producer for Atlas Obscura. Today I want to acknowledge a beautiful story that was reported and produced by two talented women in our team, Abby Pearl and Sarah Wyman. What I love about this piece is a collaboration, the teamwork that was put together to set us up for an adventure. In this episode, we hear the exquisite sounds of a form of communication practiced by women in Sweden. You're in northern Sweden, in the forest. The sun is just starting to set, and you're alone. Except for a few birds and the trees around you, some thick spruce, the smell of pine, and, in the distance, rolling hills. And then, out of nowhere, you hear something. This is Ku Ning. If you're a human, like me, you might be moved by this ethereal song. And if you're a cow or a goat, you might find yourself physically moved by it. I'm Abby Peralt, and this is Atlas Obscura a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. In this episode, we'll learn about Ning, a song created centuries ago as a way for women to communicate with livestock. We'll head to the forests, stages, and even taxis of Sweden to hear how women are practicing Ning today. After this. For your next vacation spot, check out Texas for their vast landscape of culture, regions, destinations, and activities. Explore 350 miles of coastline and every kind of hiking trail, from strenuous to wheelchair accessible. Enjoy world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. Travel Texas even offers an online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interests. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes has arrived in IMAX. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Maybe let's just start by telling us who you are, your name, and what you do. So, yeah, my name is Susanne Rosenberg, or Susan Rosenberg. And I live in Sweden. I am a folk singer and have been doing a lot of things with the voice for all my career. But one of my favorite voice use, I would say, is kulning. Susan is a professor of folk music at the Royal College of Music in Stockholm. She's a kuleshka, 
That's the Swedish word for the women who sing these herding songs. But until relatively recently, kulning wasn't necessarily something you'd hear in a university setting. I'm not really sure exactly when I heard it, but I know that it was uh, kulning by the like the queen of kulning. Karin Edvardsson uh, was her name. Karin Edvardsson, the queen of kulning. This is from one of her recordings. And it sounds nearly not human in a way. Very artistic, very wonderful music. It's an artistic music, but with its roots planted firmly in utility. For centuries, women in parts of Sweden made a seasonal migration up into the mountains during the summer. Starting from when they were really young, they would corral their cows or sheep and bring them to these small settlements called fabots. The animals was the value of the, the village. You have to have someone who is responsible, who could take care of them and to make the milking and make the cheese. It was a big responsibility, and maybe the highest stakes task was keeping track of your cows. That's where Kuning comes in. It began as a herding call, or a few different kinds of herding calls. And while the style varied from region to region, Kuning was mostly designed for high voices. And it had to be loud. Like 125 decibel, and that is very, very loud. For context, a bulldozer is around 100 decibels. A car horn is usually around 110. These high-pitched melodies had to carry over the hills and across long distances to alert animals that it was time to head back at the end of the day. You call to the animal that you have a relation to, and that is not different from a woman or a man having a dog. The dog knows that it's you who is calling, and that therefore it comes. Women also used kulning to communicate with each other, to say, hey, I'm one sheep short, and respond with, I've got you. Your sheep is with my sheep. For centuries, this is how kuning was used. On the fabods or mountain farms in northern Sweden. So how did it start to make its way into folk music circles? Enter, again, the queen of kuning, Karin Irdvarchan. She grew up in the 1900s and her mom taught her how to call on the fabod. And she practiced a lot on her grandmother's goats. But she was really good. Like, really good. And it was Karin who brought Kuning from the fabode to the stage. From the forest to the radio. At that time, in the 1940s, maybe she was recorded mostly, she was... Probably the only kulerska who did perform it on a stage. By the time she died in 1997, Karin had more or less become the voice of Kuning in Sweden's folk music community. And don't get me wrong, Kuning wasn't exactly mainstream, but it was being recognized in new ways, echoing across different landscapes and reaching new ears. 
But this is where I should tell you we have a secret Swede on our team. Vi får se hur det går för mig. Ja, jättebra. Du ska absolut testa. Our producer Sarah Wyman's family is from Sweden and she had never heard of Kudning. When Abby told me about this story, first I ran downstairs and asked my mom if she'd ever heard of it. She uh-huh. was like, have I heard of what? <laughs> no. And then we called all three. So Sarah and her mom then called Sarah's aunts and uncles who live in Sweden. And they hadn't heard of it either. Susan says it's possible a couple of generations of Swedes, like in Sarah's family, missed out on Kuning. There were a few decades when the Fabod lifestyle was on the brink of extinction, and Karin was one of the only Kuleshkas who took to the stage. But today... Uh, if you have uh, someone baptized, you have kulning. If you're married, they have kulning. If you have the crosswords, there could be questions about kulning. And that, I think, is like a, a sign that everybody knows. <laughs> That's partly thanks to influencers like Jona Jintun. She made Kuning go kind of viral when she posted a video of her successfully herding a small group of cows. Of course, more listeners today are human rather than bovine followers, so it sounds a little different from its more traditional form. Even if I don't maybe not approve so much of, of the way that she does her Kuning because it's too soft and... Uh, I, I wouldn't do it that way, but I, but I like her and I, I think it's great what she does. So I think there is room for all these different ways of using it. These days, Susan says, if you're listening for it, you can hear Kuning in the hum of everyday life. Calling the kids home for dinner, using it for calling a cab. <laughs> have Have you done that? Yeah, have yeah, you... I have. And then I have friends also who has used it actually for like uh, when they have gone assaulted. Really? We usually say like cooling is better than pepper spray, and it works well. I mean, if you you have that sound in your ear, 125 decibel, then it's not a good feeling for the people who the person who assaults you. Kuning sounds different today. It's changed shape to serve different purposes, to enter new spaces and, and meet new moments. Kind of like a language, it's this ongoing project, continually transformed by those who use it. And Susan says it's that change, actually, that keeps it alive. But in other ways, it hasn't changed. As it was passed down on the Fabod, it's still being taught mostly by and for women. And the song itself offers a way to tap into this internal power and independence. Susan sees it as a connecting force that threads through generations. For me, it's it's wonderful to feel that you are kind of a connection back and also in the future. And I think that is a wonderful feeling. And also to this feeling of being... To be able to be very strong in your voice, to not uh, excuse yourself for the loudness. Hmm. Will you feel it when you get it right? Yeah, absolutely. You will feel it when you get it right. I think I'm going to have to try this yeah, too. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're half Swedish. You need to know it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. 
I see the cows. Woo! After I got off the phone with Susan, I did some quick Googling. I found a local farm and called them out of the blue and asked if I could sing at their cows. They said sure. So the next morning, I drove out to the pasture. There was some light snow falling, the cows in the distance, and I wasn't going to try this without Sarah. Abby's calling. Hey! Hey, Sarah. I am looking at the cows. Sarah had actually hiked into the hills behind her house in California, and it was time for us to channel Susong, Karin, and a couple of generations of Kudeshkas. No pressure. But the good news was, we'd been mentored by our own queen of Kuning, and we'd brought Susan's advice with us. Okay, so first up, it says stand with the feet a foot width apart. Okay. Stand kind of straight up. Your pelvis is uh, kind of a, a bit tilted. Retract the corners of your lips back. It's like a smile. Maybe to lean into the sound from the back to the front. Sarah and I took on this kind of superhero stance that Susan had shown us when we talked to her. With our hands out in front of us, kind of like we were creating a force field. It's like a force. It is a force. Just inhale as much as you can. So one, two, three, inhale. And don't exhale. And from there, the air wants to go out. Abby, I think you're actually good at this. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the cows might beg to differ. They look a little interested. I'm going to give it a try and, and maybe try a little longer. Susan had told us about how the women at the Fabodes sometimes would sing together across landscapes so their voices intermingled in this kind of improvised concert. It's called the polyphonic kuning. And through a phone across the country, Sarah and I did that. Or at least we felt like we did. <laughs> that was great. There were three voices. There was yours and mine, and then a, a calf joined in at the end. Over here. <laughs> Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. The production team includes Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Dylan Thuris, Sarah Wyman, and John Delore. This episode was co-reported by me and Sarah Wyman. Our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. This episode was mixed by Luz Fleming. Do all of these cows have names? Diamond, June... Dottie. Thank you so much to Townline Dairy Farm in Upton for lending me your cows. Ice cream. And to Johnny and Crystal, who actually have a cuning call of their own. Oh, cows! Woo-wee! And when they do it, the cows actually come. <laughs> Special thanks to Susan Rosenberry for taking the time to talk with us and for letting us use some of your cuning calls in this episode. Sarah and I are taking notes. I'm Abby Peralt. Thanks for joining today.
Witness Docs from Stitcher. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Cheers to a great day and this ice cold Corona. You know what would make this day even better? My grandma's carne asada. Or your grandma here with us, making carne asada. She does love a cold Corona. Throw in some dancing. Oh, we can watch the game. I'll drink to that. So a backyard concert with football, food, dancing, and Corona? And your grandma. Or we could keep it simple. Simple is good. Want a Corona? Thanks. Salud to the perfect day. Corona, la vida más fina. Get your Corona at ordercorona.com. Relax responsibly. Corona extra beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. 